Blog Talk Radio. Watch me, smile with me, join in, grab my hands, so groovy. Hi, this is Lori Jean with Holistic Health Tips, and today we're here with Ben Ruder, and that song was so groovy, which is inspired by Cristiano. Ronaldo, the Portuguese soccer icon, and I made a video of all these sports uh, people I could find on a video uh, setup that I make my videos with, and this is actually the first person that I have set up to interview that has to do with sports, so this is so perfect. Ben is, let me give you a little bit of an opener on Ben. He just has so many wonderful things about himself. He's a part of FitLab, PGH, and Move to Live, which I love. MOV number two, LIV as the, uh, the act sign. You can do, find a lot about that there. He is a faculty member at Cal U. He has a PhD. He also holds certifications from the National Strength and Conditioning Association. So let me welcome Ben. Hi, Ben. Thanks for having me. Really happy to talk about movement. Yes, I'm so thrilled. And you work with a lot of professionals, you help our servicemen and our elite athletes, and you also relate to the average person, such as me. I went, I started going through a lot of your information, and I was really impressed by not only all the people that you deal with, but you go from everything from cannabis to medicine balls. Um, it's just amazing what you cover. No, I, I think part of it is at heart I'm a geek, and it's kind of like if somebody is doing something interesting, I want to learn more about it. So if I'm the brightest person in the room, I'm in the wrong room. And I, I think it's interesting, as you said, the number of people we were talking before we uh, went live, the number of people that are experts in their field that are willing to talk to us and share their information with other people. And you mentioned cannabis. I think probably one of the best examples for that is I interviewed Don Moxley, who's a cannabis expert in a, uh, a wearables as far as measuring your physiological variables for quality of sleep and performance and stress related. And just with a cold call, he was willing to come on my podcast and talk to me and share the knowledge. And I think that's the wonderful thing of the internet and podcasting and blogging is you can expose experts that people may not otherwise have heard of because they want to talk about what they do and they're excited about talking about what they do. Well, what's funny too, the way you have your podcasts line up and the podcasts are at, once again, let me just say fitlabpgh.com. And how do you find the move to live? Now it, you just go to the fit lab and then, cause I did listen to them, but is it another no, website or it's just, the easiest way is either moving to live, M-O-V-I-N-G, number two, L-I-V.com, or if they use uh, either Twitter 
or Instagram, and they do at, the at sign, F-I-T-L-A-B-P-G-H. We have links in the bios where they'll be able to go to both the FitLab Pittsburgh website, uh, which is podcasts about movement in the Pittsburgh area, and Moving to Live, which I can say is international because we've interviewed people from Australia, Ireland, and Singapore. And really, I think the important thing for any source of information is recognize that even though we've got over 200 interviews between the two of them, you won't like everybody. And if you go away and you find like three people that we interviewed that you found the information really interesting and helpful for you wherever you are in your stage of movement, then we've accomplished what we're trying to do, which is spread the word that movement should be treated as a lifestyle, not just an activity or something you schedule along with going to the dentist and, you know, going and getting your car washed. That's so beautifully said. And a lot of people are afraid to exercise and they're afraid to move. And you really help everyone. And like you said, there's something there for everybody. You don't have to like everything there. I wanted to mention with the cannabis, the cannabinoids, which really, really interested me because I'm big into stress and trauma. And where within your information, you talk about how the athletes, and of course our servicemen, of course they deal with trauma. And you actually go right into your, your informational podcast, go right into ourselves that have the omega, that are affected by stress. And you actually go to those areas that affect all of us. And, um, you know, and the steps, of course, next are how to treat it and how to go to those points. Yeah, I, th- I think that's an excellent point. I mean, I don't think it's going to solve everybody's problem. I don't think it's something that it's, you know, you take it and all of a sudden it's a miracle. But it's another tool. And the great thing with the way society is moving today is we're recognizing, hey, there are some things out there that maybe we don't know a lot about that we need to know more about. And there are a lot of physicians saying, you know, I want to learn more about this. And there are a lot of physicians who are becoming much more open. And when we're talking about cannabinoids, we're not talking necessarily about medical marijuana. We may be just talking about uh, CBD oil. And the fact is, uh, mm-hmm. I actually was first introduced to the, to the fact that this was being used in medicine by my eye surgeon who mentioned that one of his colleague's sons had a uh, baby that with epilepsy and this was helping control the epilepsy. And I kind of dropped down the rabbit hole uh, with that and a variety, a variety of other topics. And I, and I think that's the great thing about uh, doing what you do and what I do is somebody can literally surf the, uh, the audio waves and say, wow, I want to learn more about that. Mm-hmm. And then they listen to yes whatever the person who's being interviewed and they take notes and they say, Oh, I want to go learn about this person or this book that they mentioned. And the good thing is you drop down the rabbit hole. The bad thing is you drop down the rabbit hole and want to learn more and more. Yes. That's what happened to me. Um, Sometimes it's hard to format things in a way that will bring people in that will uh, connect with them. And that's really, really difficult. Um, I, you have such a loving nature and that's what makes it so easy. You love your dog. You have a dog. You go home to give him medicine for his seizures. I mean, what kind of person does that, you know? So um, I, I think that really helped me connect with you and the work that you do. Well, I, I appreciate that. I mean, that's, as I said, the main thing is it's just my curiosity. I, I see something, and uh, very often with somebody who's doing a topic, either somebody mentions them or – in many cases, uh, you know, I did a, an interview for Moving to Live with uh, Ray McClanahan, who is a podiatrist uh, out in uh, 
the West Coast who talks about doing exercises for your feet. And I was just fascinated. And I cold contacted him and said, hey, would you be on my podcast? And it's the opportunity. Uh, I heard a quote, and I'm probably butchering this, but there's a uh, biomechanist out there who's an expert and does a has done a tremendous amount of research in low back pain and, and rehab from low back pain. His name is mm. Dr. Stuart McGill. And if you do a YouTube search or a Google search, you'll find it. And I heard him on the podcast at once. And he said, some of the people doing the best things you never hear about because they don't worry about their social media presence. They just do what they do. So there are these little niches of people literally all over the country, if not the world, that you almost have to know somebody who knows somebody to get their information because they're so focused on helping individual people yeah. that they don't recognize or they don't, they don't understand how, or they don't have time to spread the word out. So I think goals for people like you and me who do health related podcasts is saying, Hey, you know, here's some information mm -hmm. out there. You know, it's great to listen to my expertise, but my expertise can tease out more expertise from people who make you and me seem like we don't know what we're talking about because they are specialists in an area that, that I'm not familiar with. Well, my expertise is not health. Mine is music and I actually healed from music and I'd like to get into that on this show at some point. But I am selfishly wanting to learn from people like you to help myself heal because I had so many injuries and so many illnesses. And the nice thing is that I'm not alone because it's a very scary thing. It is. I mean, if you, whatever you have is a chronic injury, uh, a chronic autoimmune disease. I mean, one of the things I think that we have done a poor job just in general as Americans is we need to take responsibility for our health. I mean, there are numerous health experts out there. I've had some phenomenal doctors. I know a number of phenomenal you know, physicians. But the most important person is you, where you go in and you ask questions. And if you don't understand anything, and if you have a doctor or, or a medical professional who doesn't spend the time with you to answer those questions, you probably need to move on and find somebody else. Uh, and if I can just tell a little anecdote, I've had, uh, knock mm -hmm. on wood, it's been a number of years, but over the course of about two and a half or three years, I had 10 eye surgeries for retinal detachments. And it was oh, because I had goodness. an extre extremely nearsighted eye, and I knew at some point it would happen. And it, the thing that I remember about it is, is two things. Is first of all, the eye surgeon that I went to, and I still follow up with periodically just for checks, you would never know that there were 35 people in the waiting room because if you were nervous, he had no problem spending 25, 30, 35, 40 minutes with you. And I remember when I had a difficulty, and this is where, before I started the podcast, um, and I called their emergency line, and it was on a, a Sunday morning, and I had extremely high pressure in my eye. I wasn't sure what was going on. This was an ongoing struggle. And he happened to be the physician on call, and he called in some medicine. And the other thing that he said, he said, look, he goes, I know this is painful right now. I know you're not sure. I know you're exceedingly scared. He said, this is all going to work out. And if you have a problem or you think this medicine isn't helping, I'm going to be at the Pittsburgh Steelers game. I'm in Pittsburgh. He said, but here's my cell number. And if you have any concerns, please call me and we'll figure out what to do. And it's kind of, I still oh remember at that point in time, you know, that was five or six surgeries in and I still had another year and a half to go before we finally got the problem under control. But I remember at that time thinking, you know, I'm still scared. I'm still nervous. 
but I feel a lot better. And I think it's something that there are, there's the art of uh, science and medicine and healing and wellness and fitness. And there's the science. And I think sometimes we focus too much in either the art. So you get somebody who really doesn't understand what's going on physiologically, or we focus too much on the science. And I think when you find that person who balances them both, you hold on to them with both hands and you spread the word about them and you try to find more people like that for your health journey, because ultimately our goal is to be able to do what we want to do when we want to do. And this is not meant to sound macabre, but you know, you want to be 85, 90, 95, doing what you want to do, whether it's gardening or walking and you drop dead of a massive stroke. So it's hard on your family, but it's great for you because then yeah. you were able to do what you wanted to do without that downtime where it's like, God, I wish I could go out and garden. Wow. Can you send me the name of the doctor that treated your, your eyes? Because I have a friend who has that same problem. Yes. I, I, um, I'll, I'll make a note of it. I'll, I'll send you an email tomorrow. He is a, just a, just a phenomenal person and, uh, you know, a phenomenal doctor. The, the story on that, when I was first diagnosed with the detached retina and my eye, my regular eye doctor, ophthalmologist said, you know, here's my referral. And I wasn't sure. And I called somebody that I knew who worked in the same medical system. And they said, let me check. And they called back and said, don't worry, this guy's a good one. My orthopedic surgeon that I worked for took his 90-year-old mother to him. Wow. No, she will be so thrilled. And I'm sorry I'm losing my voice. I sang so much yesterday. Um, I want to um, mention one more thing about Dr. Julie Compton's interview and how cannabis, I believe she said cannabis, not only helped her pet, but her back. And I use the Gron chocolate CBD bars. I know she, I, basically she tries to stick to CBD too, I believe, before I get to the, to the movement of how um, moving heals you. But um, I thought that that was so interesting. And I just wanted to mention, I have people crying to me how they're in chronic pain. And, you know, there's nothing you really feel like you can say. Like you might say, try to move this way. And I'll say, please try the Gron CBD. And these people are losing weight. I guess the opioids uh, controversy that's going on, I don't understand it a lot, but the government, I guess, is taking medicine away from people. And they're putting pictures on the web showing that they're losing so much weight and their bodies look like they're deteriorating. Um, I mean, what do you say to people like that? You know, that, that's, a, that's a great question. I, th I think um, if you told me five years ago or even three years ago that I would have a podcast and I'd be talking to people about uh, CBD or cannabinoids, uh, both for animals, which is what I did with Dr. Julie Compton, and also for people. If, if your listeners go to the app Moving to Live uh, website and look for a gentleman named Don Moxley, we dropped down the rabbit hole, I guess a little, about a year ago, about CBD oil in humans. And we're not just talking about medical marijuana. And I think what really brought it home for me is that I was doing something uh, that was useful is I had a number of people email me and say, hey, you know, there's still a lot we don't know about this uh, plant and the use for it, but your interviews give straightforward information that don't either uh, promise the moon or say it doesn't do anything. I think there's clearly something out there that there is some medical or some chemical reaction happening in the body. And I suspect if we were having this interview 
five years from now, you and I would be laughing about what we're saying right now because we'd have so much more knowledge. Right. And I think what's so exciting, mm-hmm. so exciting is you can have uh, medical people. And I was ex- excited with Don Moxley, who is uh, t- talked about humans and CBD oil and Dr. Julie Compton, who is a veterinary surgeon who is willing to talk with me. And that especially uh, hit home with me because I had a dog that unfortunately I lost about a month ago after uh, a four-year battle oh. with, uh, with epilepsy. And one of the things the last oh, three or four I'm months after, after talking with my uh, dog's neurologist, yes, I had a neurologist for my dog, is we tried CBD oil. And I mm-hmm. don't know, this is purely anecdotal, but I think it helped her the last three months of her life as far as calmness. And in no way do mm-hmm. I regret, regret having used it. And I think, uh, I mean, one of, one of the things that, uh, as I told the neurologist a- after I had to put my dog down, is she was diagnosed when she was four, and the work of the neurologist allowed me to have an extra four years of a very high quality of life with oh. basically one of, my ru- one of my running partners. So, you know, I, I'm, uh, oh. I'm, a, I'm a big fan of, le- of oh, learning okay. more about these things that are maybe atypical. And that interview with Dr. Compton, actually, uh, I know she talked about uh, the benefits that she saw with CBD anecdotally with her German Shepherd. Unfortunately, since then, she's lost her German Shepherd. And since then, my dog that I talked about on the podcast, I've lost that. But I don't think either of us have changed, you know, what we think about there are some potential benefits. You know, it may not be for everybody. It, uh, it may not be a magical cure, but it's something that's like, you know, Let's listen to it. Let's let's watch the research. And one of the things that I'm a big podcast listener, I, I listened to a Joe Rogan podcast a few months back, and he had Dr. Andrew Weil on. And I think one of the things that we, as we get more technology, tend to lose out on or forget about is the placebo effect, especially with, with some of these things, is a very powerful thing. You know, if you've got trauma if you've got some sort of a chronic illness and there's a placebo effect that helps you even a little bit, that's a great thing. And I I think we underplay it. And I'm I'm paraphrasing what Dr. Weil said, you know, we underplay the benefit of, of, of a positive mental outlook and realizing it's like, you know, this sucks. I hurt, or, you know, I I'm stressed or I have high levels of anxiety, but always having that hope and that belief that there's something at the end of the tunnel, there's something worth trying. That's what makes it exciting. I think. Yes, I want to mention, too, um, my seizures have basically stopped in their tracks. I started picking them up again, and by using a keto uh, slash paleo diet, if I'm saying that right, I kind of do my own thing, but I follow a little bit of their guidelines. And the last couple months, I've been pretty much seizure-free. So there are other holistic methods out there for those who are afraid of not trying anything at all. Yeah, and I mean, it's, uh, it's as my eye surgeon said, you know, there's science out there that we follow generally, but everybody's an N of one. And, and if, it, if it works for you, then it's like, you know what, that's a phenomenal thing. Yeah, absolutely. Let me just do a quick ad for a minute, and then I'm going to come back and we can talk about how moving, actually kind of medicinally moving is what I got from it. Okay, so just hold on a moment. Thank you. 
Hi, this is Lori Jean. Check out my great songs over at Spotify under Lori Jean. That just might perk you up with a bit of healing with my lyrical content. Sharing my stories of everywhere that I've been and not been with a pop rock and a bit of hip-hop. Okay, so we're back. Um, what I wanted to mention with your movement, which I really loved and it humbled me so much, was the fact of the exercises that are done, not necessarily to build muscle, but performance. Yeah, I think that's a great, a great point. I mean, I, I think one of the things that I've said before to people and it gets a little bit of a strange look at first until I explain myself is everybody's an athlete. You know, our body is what we have that enables us to move around and experience life in a variety of ways. And if our body lets us down because we don't work to maintain it, then that decreases our quality of life. You know, if your check engine light on your car goes on, you go and get it checked out. You probably regularly get the oil changed on your car. If you're very conscientious, you get the tires Mm -hmm. rotated But, you know, 30% of Americans don't do any sort of physical activity. And based on what we know from the research, you know, long-term research with large numbers of people, moving on a regular basis can have a huge health benefit for both currently uh, prolonging life and, most importantly, prolonging a high quality of life. Well, the overhead medicine ball throw, which really in flow, I think it's in parentheses. I know I put flow. It looked like a ballet movement. And I was so taken back by it. I mean, I love dance. I've loved dance since I was a little girl. But to see these athletes and these weightlifters, um, I'm assuming they're weightlifters. It looked more like athletes that were showing these very flowy type of movements and looking very confident to it. And knowing that they're helping their body for what they need to help it for and not necessarily for um, any stereotypical aspect of working out. Right. I mean, one one of the things that uh, you mentioned, you're not really active in the athletic world. But, I mean, one of the things that uh, is constantly being battled is children specializing in a sport at a young age, you know, six- or seven-year-old kids who are told, pick a sport. So then you get a a child who's really, really good at that particular sport. And then maybe they hit uh, hit, uh, puberty at 12, 13 years old, and they lose interest in the sport or they lose the skill. So you have somebody who's been a very good athlete in that sport, but they have no idea what to move. And they've got another 70, 80, 90 years of life without uh, Mm -hmm. really understanding how to move other than what they did in the sport, you know, that they no longer do. And that's one of the reasons why on my moving to live podcast, I had uh, a physical therapist who teaches the move that technique to patients uh, and clients of all ages to basically teach them how to move, not to exercise, to to get stronger, not to exercise to improve cardiovascular, which will help, but just to teach them, look, these are ways that your body needs to move because you should be able to squat down and 
pick up a, a grocery bag. You should be able to lift your arms up over your head and put dishes away in your, uh, I was going to say drawers. I'm drawing a name. Cupboards. You know, and these, these are things that, that, uh, that we, that we, that we take for granted until we can't do them. But these are things that many people who they just think, well, I'm just getting older. And that's not necessarily true. There are things that they can do through movement on a regular basis mm-hmm. that may not be, you know, they may not see something, wow, I'm better today than yesterday. But, you know, if they look back to where they were three months ago, they're like, oh, my God, that's a huge difference. Yes, definitely. I started using some um, the kind of beginner videos a lot. A lot of times they're for the elderly. But a lot of it is just movement because I used to have a hard time getting up out of a chair after sitting there for a few hours. And just these simple movements, I guess it's called good mechanics, um, that we all do. It looks like the servicemen, the athletes, and us average Americans that can benefit from knowing this, the simple movements of bands or um, just using your body as the weight can help you so you don't break your hips. You can get up and walk without hurting and um i just found this so wonderful that you have this on such a professional website where you have such elite people on there i mean and one of the things we also do for our fitness lab pittsburgh or fit lab pgh podcast because we really do believe that movement is a lifestyle is on instagram and on youtube we also post it on facebook and we post the link on twitter three times a week we do a one minute video that's a movement tip and lifestyle hack and it's literally anywhere from occasionally my girlfriend who does this with me will will put up some sort of a healthy recipe, or if you're out walking, we'll talk about uh, you know walking with your dog with good biomechanics. And it's one of those things that sometimes we overcomplicate movement and exercise. And for some of us, we want to overcomplicate it, but for other people, they just want to know you know, well, I want to walk. What type of socks should I use? And you don't know who to ask. So we've got oh, over two hundred. We, we've been doing this since uh, 2016, you know, three times a week, there's a, there's a movement tip or lifestyle hack video. Uh, I will warn the people who are listening that if you're not a Labrador fan, you probably don't want to go there because a lot of them include uh, a lot of them happen spontaneously because I think better when I move and I'll be in the middle of a, of a walk or a jog with my dogs and say, Oh, here's a good movement tip. So the, the dogs will also get a, a, a rather significant cameo. That's nice. You're big on MSK injury. I'm preventing it. I'm big on preventing harm. I'm MSK injury. Can you explain that? Uh, MSK. I am drawing a blank on that. So if you can oh. clarify, what is? Oh, I didn't write it down. Yes, it's it's. Um, oh, muscular muscular. I'm sorry. It's, it's uh, muscular. Yeah. Muscul- no, no, muscul- I didn't write it down. I think I remember. It. <laughs> yeah. No, it is. Sorry. It is. I'm, I'm, I'm having. I'm having a brain fart. Yeah, muscular skeletal injury. One of the one of the things that we that uh, people commonly think, um, and there are acute injuries. Acute means you can say I did something. For example, if you are walking down the street, waiting towards the bus stop, and all of a sudden the bus starts to pull away, and you break into a sprint and you strain a, a leg muscle, that's an acute injury. But very often, and you may have been like me, unfortunate enough to have suffered low back injuries, you know, you say, well, I was just, uh, I just bent over to to pick up a a piece of paper and my back went. Well, what happens is our bodies are wonderful things. Our muscles are plastic tissues. Whatever we do, 
the muscles can adapt towards that. So if we're relatively sedentary, what happens is we get weaker and weaker, and we get more inflexible and more inflexible, and we get what we call a movement imbalances, and then we try to do something that maybe we did really well five years ago, and we get hurt. So doing little movements, doing specialized exercises uh, on a regular basis based on what your potential problems are, you know, there are things that we know you should do if you spend a lot of time sitting at a desk, things you should do if you spend a lot of time driving. These can go a long way towards preventing the musculoskeletal injuries. Um, that's one of the reasons why we do movement tips and lifestyle hacks. But the other thing that I can't overemphasize enough for anybody who's interested in this sort of thing, even if they say, well, I'm not, I'm not an athlete, you know, and I don't like to go to the gym, periodically hiring a, a good personal trainer for a session for one session to watch how you move and watch specific exercises and then coming back six weeks or, you know, two months later for another session that can give you the tools and the motivation to exercise on your own. Because quite honestly, not everybody enjoys going to the gym. Not, not everybody enjoys that camaraderie and community or they may not have time in their schedule, but with a few simple tools at home, they can do those things and enhance the quality of their movement and their quality of life. I really appreciate that. We touched on that before. I didn't realize that was so connected, but I'm so glad you went into it nice and deeply. And those who don't exercise, um, who have injuries, can go to your website and always find something. So that's wonderful. Yeah, and I mean, um, is there any other I mean, last words? Oh, go ahead. I, I would just say, I mean, even for those of us who are quote unquote, quote unquote experts, I go every three to four weeks to a gentleman who's a chiropractor and athletic trainer for tips and ideas for my own movement. And I, it's, it's some of the best money I spend because sometimes I go away thinking, okay, I need to add this, this into it. Other times I go away saying, you know, I, I'm in the, in the right uh, direction, but to get to your question, you know, any last, so advice, I think number one, you know, treat movement as a lifestyle try to pick opportunities to move and do things you enjoy. But number two, also think of it as an aspect of no matter where you are in the movement spectrum, anywhere from somebody who doesn't move regularly to somebody who's a marathoner who maybe is injured or isn't injured, you know, we can all benefit from making movement a regular part of our lifestyle. And I think for me, what's really driven that home is when I lost the ability with my eye surgeries for a while because I was recovering and then also my, a lot of my movement takes place with my dogs or my workout partners. So having somebody who holds you accountable, maybe not in a gym setting, but just a friend, that often helps make it, make it easier when it's cold or it's wet or you're tired. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Ben. Thanks for coming on. I'm always happy to talk about movement. And I really enjoyed this. Thank you. Hi, this is Lori Jean. Check out my blog at lorijeaninthekitchen.blogspot.com for more healing tips and tricks with photos.